All right, well, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. We've been in a series on Wednesdays for some time called uh, Abounding in Love. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. It says, make the Lord, or, uh, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Uh, that same verse, verse Thessalonians 3, verse 12 in the Amplified says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people. Philippians 1, 9, these are a couple verses we've read just kind of a, as a starting point as we've been in this series. It says, verse 9 says, This I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. This I pray. Well, this is the, the Apostle Paul praying uh, for these individuals. This church, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. This is something you can pray for yourself. This is something you can pray for your family. You know, uh, we can all come up in these areas. But you know, if, if we're having a challenge, uh, we can pray this for ourselves, that, that our love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. This is something we can say. We can confess. We say, my love is abounding. My love is coming up. I am increasing in love. You know, that's a lot better than saying some things, you know, I just, I can't stand that person, I can't get a lot. No, say, I'm abounding in love. I'm coming up, I'm flowing more and more with God and His way of doing things. Uh, in the Amplified Classic, verse 9 says, this I, this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. That we develop in this area, you can develop in you know, every area of walking with God and knowing Him, this is an area we can come up with. And like we've said, uh, walking in love is walking in tune with the Spirit of God. It's walking in tune with His way of doing things, so that means things are going to go well for us. You can't do better than walking in love. That is, a, that is walking the way God would walk. That's walking in His ways, and that means you're going to have His results. So this isn't something that's a side thing. This is actually the way we ought to walk, the way we want to, uh, we, we aspire to walk is more and more in love, more and more uh, like, uh, like Jesus, like the Father uh, would have us to walk. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 22. It says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. It says, uh, love one another fervently from a pure heart, having been born again. So this is a result of having been born again, having come into the family of God. Then we have the ability to do this, to walk in love from a pure heart, because we have been born again. We have uh, the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. It gives us the ability. 
Now let's go look over at 1 Corinthians 13, 4. We've, we've read these verses. Uh, I want to touch on something specific tonight, but this is really a, a describes love, describes the God kind of love, and I want to uh, focus on something specific this evening, but we'll read the whole, it won't hurt us to read this whole passage. You know, I, I encourage you, this is a great um, passage of Scripture just to print out, put somewhere, you know, if you, if you have certain things you look at on a continual basis, certain Scriptures, this is a good, something good to, to print out, and I like the Amplified uh, Classic the best. Um, I mean, there's lots of good ones, but this really brings out a lot of what's here. Just to look over it and to put it into you. Just to, just to read over it and, you know, um, not that you have to spend a lot of time on it every time, but it's something to keep in front of us, to just remind ourselves of the different aspects, and, um, and God helps us to come up. But it's good to put the Word into us, then God can quicken it back to us. Verse 4 says, Love endures long and is patient and kind, never it, it, uh, love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready, ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Now look at verse 7. Like I said, that's all good. And that shows all these aspects of God's love. But look at verse 7. It says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. And it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. And I want to touch on that, something specific as we get into this, but this says love, it's always ready to believe the best of somebody. doesn't say who the person is. doesn't give us any indication. That means of every, it says every person. So it doesn't matter who we're dealing with. Love is going to believe the best. Love is going to see the other person the way God sees them. Because love, I mean, God, this is talking about God's love. Then if we're hooking up with that, that's how we're going to act. It is to believe the best of every person. And we'll talk about something specific related to that. Let's look at James 4, verse 11. James 4, verse 11, it says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a, a, a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Who are you to judge another? And that's really what I want to touch on this evening because it's, it's so related to everything that 
you know, as we're talking about love. Uh, we did a whole series on this. It was a year and a half ago, um, and that's all on the website. Um, I think it was called Don't Judge. <laughs> Something. But we did a whole series on this. But in this context, when we talk about believing the best of somebody, that goes right along with not judging them. If you believe the best of them, then you're going to fill in the blanks of, well, you know, maybe this doesn't look quite right, but you're thinking, could be this, could be that. You don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about it. You're, think, you're, you're believing good intent. Now, it, it could be, it's very apparent that there, it doesn't look like there was any good intent whatsoever. Yeah, that's, that, that could be the case. Um, it, it runs the spectrum. It could just be somebody does something and immediately, and we live in such a critical society that a lot of times somebody makes a mistake. I mean, and somebody a lot of times catches it on video and then they post it and make fun of the person that made a mistake. You know, it's automatic, this default to criticism. You know, making fun, oh, that person's dumb. Oh, this is, you know, in, uh, judging intense. Well, um, I... Like some, some person said, it was a, a, a person that taught on management. And uh, he would say, assume good intent. And he's talking to managers, uh, but it applies to all of us. You know, somebody does something and they do the wrong thing. Um, you say, assume that they meant well. Don't assume that they were actually trying to do something wrong. When you're talking about managers, somebody's on the job, most people don't wake up in the morning and go to work and say, I'm going to see how bad I can mess this up today. I'm going to see how big of a fool I can make of myself. I'm going to see how I can really tick my boss off because that'll work well for me. You know, that'll help me financially. That'll help me, you know, just with my self-esteem. Most people are not doing that. They make a mistake. They, they, didn't, they didn't try to do it. So just in general, assuming good intent can help us. Like, okay, that, that's believing the best. You're not, a, you're not believing they did it wrong or they were, they're just stupid. Or I mean, if they're stupid and you're the manager, mm, some of that's on you. You know, you hired them. So, uh, you know, if, if you, you think they're stupid and you're married to them, well, some of that's on you. Unless it was an arranged marriage, you had nothing to do with it, and they, they were holding you, you know, at gunpoint to marry. marry. But most of that, most of the case, that, at a time, that's not the case. So, be, you know, sometimes we want to, we're real quick to judge somebody, but, you know, sometimes it has something to do with us, sometimes not. But if, if we would just look at our people and go, well, you know, I, I assume that they meant well. I'm not saying this doesn't apply in every case, but, okay, that applies in a number of cases. You see somebody, somebody does something on the highway. Um... Are, you know, a lot of times the, the first thoughts are that person can't drive. That person's incompetent. Now, it may be they're in a hurry. They, you know, they, they, um, <laughs> I remember the story you were telling. <laughs> Hannah's looking up here. She told me a story about, you know, I, I, when I, I'm not going to tell on you. I'm not going to tell your stuff. But she had a story, you know, concerning that uh, about driving. Um, anyway, now you guys are all wondering what it is. It wasn't a specific story. 
anyway, her take on that was really good. When you look at somebody and how they're driving, you, you know, uh, maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they have something else going on. When we're the one driving, and if we do something that doesn't look good, we're like thinking everybody knows why we're doing it. They can't see into your car most of the time. You know, they're 150 feet back, or they're they just see, you know, your car, especially this time of the year. You know, everybody's car's dirty, and, you know, their windshield, they, they can't see in the back. All they see is your car doing something, and then they, they're going to say, I don't like what you're doing, and probably going to judge it. Now, if it's us, we're like, give me mercy. I, you know, I, this was happening or this was happening. Well, and then, you know, somebody honks at you and you're like, I was just such and such as if they know. <laughs> Why don't they know this, what you're doing? They're stupid. You know what I mean? We're not supposed to say stupid. If you listen to this series, you're not supposed to get on that. It's a whole other thing. You idiot. No, we don't do that. It's really tempting. We've all done it. We're all covered up. God help us, right? Hey, Lord, help me. But no, they, you know, you want, we want people to, uh, to judge us by our intentions, which they cannot see. And they can't see what's actually going on. You know, my kid, you know, I, I was dealing with them and somebody's honking. You're like, ah, back off. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. Well, then when we're seeing some of our car, we're like, it's a clear day. They have no distraction, nothing going on. They just can't drive. That's what, that's what we tend to think. But they may be in the same situation you are. What are we talking about? Assume good intent. Assume, believe the best. That doesn't mean you stick your head in the sand and don't ever think anything. You know, somebody's trying to take you to the cleaners like, oh, no, they're a good person. No, we're not saying that. You're not saying be dumb. But, you know, when you don't know, somebody doesn't make some mistake, just saying, I mean, it... You know, if you treat them like, hey, maybe there's a different, a reason why they're acting like that. Maybe there's, maybe they're under pressure. Maybe something's going on. It's hypocritical to, to come out and, and, and judge somebody when we do the same thing. You come off at them like, oh, I would never. <laughs> you have probably. I have probably. And so for us to come up and go, oh, no, that's just, oh, that's horrible. Watch that. See, we're, we're acting like there's no way you could ever have that behavior, you know, and have any kind of good intent. Somebody could, if you knew them, maybe you'd like them. The worst thing is, you ever been like with somebody, you know, you were getting mad at somebody that was driving, and then they ended up being somebody you knew? You know, like your coworker in the same parking lot or somebody that was in your neighborhood, and you're like, oh, that's them. And if you honked at them or something? Well, I didn't know it was you. What is that? What are we saying? Oh, you're a good person. You, you probably had a reason, but, <laughs> but if it's just somebody on the road, nah. <laughs> well, what, what do they think when they look at you driving? Drivers, I can't believe it. And isn't it funny how people, when you're in a different you're like in a different geographical location, all of a sudden you think they're bad drivers. You know, you go to a different state or something, oh, these people can't drive, is it? Everybody from where you are does drive well. It's funny, because everybody kind of thinks everybody else, you know, can't drive or something. People drive different. 
I've lived in Oklahoma, in Nebraska, and then out here. I guarantee, and the one that struck me the most, and I'm not knocking, there was, well, anyway, a different state I was in. I'm not going to even say it. I was not of these three, but when I took a business trip to a different state and was just there for a couple days, it, it hit me worse than I came out here. I was like, my gosh, these, these people are, they're nuts. They're driving way over the speed limit. If you're driving under the speed limit, you are in trouble. I mean, because the flow of traffic is just, it's, it's going. People are just zigzagging. I guess I'm not going to name the state. But, you know, Nebraska's different. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a little different out here. You know, people have names for people that drive out here, from here and out here. You know, away from here. But everybody, it, the bottom line is, it's just people. We can talk about any area. It's just everybody can relate to that. But when we look at somebody, what they're doing, and then we're like, oh, I, whether it's driving or anything else, I would never do that. We probably have done it. And then sometimes you catch yourself, oh, sorry, I know that looked really bad. You ever done the, you know, you know, like, I'm sorry, they're hogging. You're like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> do it. I know what I look like, but really, I'm, I'm not stupid. It's, I just, I didn't mean, you know. Well, just, it's called mercy. We could give it to somebody else. Look at Romans 12, or 2.1. It kind of says this. We're talking about love. Believe in the best. This part, uh, believe in the best of other people. Just give them a break. Thinking, okay. Now, now we're not talking, that's not, you know, in every situation, but talking about believing the best. <clears throat> Romans 2, verse 1 says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. It says, if you're judging, whatever you're judging somebody else in, you're condemning yourself. Why? Because you do the same things. Look at the Passion Translation. It says, no matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this, you are also without excuse. For you too are guilty of the same kind of things. When you judge others and then do the same things they do, you condemn yourself. <clears throat> now I'd say it like it says here, you do the same type of things. Somebody said, well, I've never done what they're doing. You've done something very similar. You may not look exactly the same, but spiritually speaking, you violated what you knew. You do, did something you shouldn't have done. And we're, the Bible says there is no one righteous. There is no one without sin. Everybody's messed up. So for us to go, ah, you did such... Ooh, we, we're on bad ground there. We're, we're taking the, the role of judge, and that's not our role. Now, again, we're not... You have to balance something. We're not saying, oh, you just... We talked about some of this earlier. You don't lay down and let everybody just do whatever they want to you and, and act like a doormat. And you don't, you, don't, you don't put up with things that are unjust. That's not what this is saying. And that's not what the, that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say you just let everybody run over you and you don't uh, call wrong wrong. We're not saying, the Bible doesn't say that. On the other hand, 
judging somebody is a different thing. You're judging their intent, judging their heart. Judging actions is one thing, you know, if something is, is wrong, but it's still not your role to go correct everybody. If somebody did something, you know, if somebody's driving crazy, well, um, it's, you're not the enforcer. I'm not the enforcer, although they have YouTube compilations of people that got like instant justice, you know, they, you see somebody fly by you at 100, and then they, they, they go a little bit further, and then that guy's pulled over on the side of the road by a, a police officer or something. Uh, some of that we go, oh, yeah. Well, it can be, you know, like, gosh, where is the police officer when somebody's going by you? Like, why, you know, and sometimes, you know, people get caught. The bottom line is it's not our role. And sometimes we're like, God, what? You don't want, we don't want that turned on us, do we? See, when we're judging somebody else, it's saying we're actually condemning ourselves. And even, well, and to say, well, I've never done that, or I would never do that, we're automatically, we're setting ourselves up in pride. We're saying, I, I, I would never do that thing, when in fact, we've done things that are very similar. And if we're going to judge their person, then we are condemning ourselves, and we don't want that on us. Walking in love is not just putting up with everything, but it's, it's flowing with God and knowing what our role is and what His role is. I mean, God is just. And nobody that does th something wrong is going to get away with it. Ultimately, it may look like they get away with it. Ultimately, nobody gets away with anything. We don't want to compound it by, uh, if we judge somebody, now we've, we've made their mess our mess. You know, and there's a range of these things. I mean, it could be something like we said, somebody just looked like they did something that, uh, you know, wasn't quite right. If we'll stay on love's side, so many times we'll find, oh, they, they didn't mean to do that. They said something. They let it slip just like we've let it slip. To say, oh, I would never say that. We probably said stuff the same way. And for us to do that, it's hypocritical. It's saying, you shouldn't do that. Now, I know I've done it, but we're not talking about that now. It's your problem. See, that's, that's not, we've all done that. But it's not, that, that sets us up for uh, judgment. We don't want that. We don't want the judgment to come on us. We don't want, uh, we don't want, it says you condemn yourself. We don't want that. It says, when you judge others and then do the same things they do, you condemn yourself. So we don't, we don't go down that path. We sidestep it. There's freedom in this. Look what uh, Matt, uh, Jesus said in Matthew. Look at Matthew 7, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, Judge not that you... Be not judged. Now, we went into a lot more detail. If you really want to get into some of this, go listen to that series that's a year and a half ago. You, we, we spent a lot of time, and, and that's not the intent. I wanted to tie this into love because this, this is, it'll help us in our love walk to just back off. We look at people not to go down this, not to go down that path. Judge not that you, not, you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. 
And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That's so many times when we're doing, we're looking at somebody else, well, you're, you're doing this wrong. And when we're looking at the, the thing they're doing wrong, Jesus is saying here, we have something that's way worse in our life. And he's saying, get that straight, and then maybe you'll be able to help the other person. And it's really easy to look at something in, in somebody else and go, well, but you're not doing this. This is wrong. And so many times we're blind to what we're doing. And the problem <clears throat> with that is we set ourselves up to be in the wrong position. We set ourselves up to be condemned. And really, when you're constantly pushing, looking at something somebody else does wrong, that critical view will come back in your thinking on you. It's really hard, I mean, I'd say it's impossible. If you're constantly critical on other people, you're critical of yourself. And the enemy will help you with this. If you're constantly saying, you did this, you did that, and then you go make a mistake, the enemy will say, you did this, you did that. And so now you have this condemnation, and you can have the condemnation for what you said to the other person, what you're doing. And if you feel like you can never measure up, this is a good place to look. Is anybody else around you measuring up? Are, they, are you constantly thinking there's something wrong with somebody else? And if that's true, that'll affect how you see yourself. You're going to always feel like you're not measuring up. Well, maybe if you started cutting other people some slack, then we'll... We're in a place that if we realize, look, nobody deserves salvation. Nobody deserves the favor of God. The only way we have salvation, be in the, the kingdom of God, is what Jesus did. We, we don't deserve good. We deserve judgment. But we got mercy through Jesus and grace. So, if I look at a situation and go, well, that person, they just, they don't deserve, they, they, they did this and this wrong. Well, I'm setting myself up, what do I deserve? And we go, well, that's different, that's me. See, we're now we're, 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 we're putting ourselves in as a position of judge instead of somebody that needs mercy as well. And if we back off from that, it can be so freeing to realize, wait, there's something going wrong in front of me, but I, it's not my job to judge it and just sidestep and say, Lord, I'm going to sow mercy and I'm going to sow love. And I don't know, like we're not talking about putting up with stuff and not dealing with stuff, but so many times in our hearts we're looking and going, we're judging somebody. We're not, we're not walking in love. And if we'll just say, Lord, that's not my place. Oh, that's free. You get to a place you have to, like, oh, they did this and they did that, and somehow that's not right. Not, like, you have to do something about it. Again, not talking about situations. Sometimes you have to confront and deal with stuff. 
But there's a whole lot of stuff that we're just dealing with. We're, we're in our mind judging people or condemning them. We're not believing the best. We're not saying, ah, maybe they had a bad day. I've done the same thing. Forgive them. See, that, that lets them go, and it lets us go. To look at somebody and to feel like, that's not my job to figure out your life. Oh, thank God, we just take that weight right off us. Instead, of, and, and believe that, well, that's God. God, God deals with us. God's done with, deal with my, my stuff. He's, he's been forgiving and He's been merciful. And then we can sow mercy and be forgiving instead of sowing, basically, you know, judgment, sowing, uh, criti- being critical. There's just a, there's a, 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 a lightness It's such a, um, it's a bad place to be to feel like you always have to, to point out, you know, what somebody else is doing that's not right. Or that, um, where they could come up. And we can't, we don't see clearly, and we can't, we don't see clear enough to ever be a righteous judge anyway. We only see a little part of what somebody else is. You know, like we were talking about somebody in a car, you don't, you can't even see into their car, let alone their heart. And God's the only one that can judge absolutely justly. He doesn't see just the outward, he sees what's in the heart. Look at John, just real quick. John 7, 24 says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Be honest in your judgment, and do not decide at a glance, superficially and by appearances, but judge fairly and righteously. Well, uh, one way to judge fairly is just to be like, I don't know. God knows, and God's the righteous judge, and be like, I have no business in this, and sidestep it. Sometimes we, we start going into an area, we're like, well, no, this is the case. Do, you, do you, we, we really want that on our shoulders, to mess around with what somebody deserves, doesn't deserve, what's their intent? We don't know what their intent is. We don't know people's heart. People that have been married to one another don't necessarily know each other's heart. God knows hearts. And he can, he can look at somebody and he knows why they did something. We don't. So if we'll, if we'll stay on the side of mercy, stay on the side of love, then we'll sidestep a lot of the problems that go when we're trying to play, be in a role that we are not equipped to be in. Let's look at, we'll just close with this, James 2, verse 8. James 2, verse 8, it says, If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the Scripture, read this earlier, talking about uh, love and the law. It says, If you really fulfill the royal law, according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. So this is, walking in love is the, 
the royal law. We talked about that. Verse 9, if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law, yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. In other words, the law is whole. Somebody says, well, I haven't done that. Yeah, but you've done this. You're a lawbreaker. Well, yeah, but I didn't do that, but, I, but you did do this. Okay, you're a lawbreaker. Somebody says, well, I didn't do that, and they deserve. Have you broken the law? I'm talking about the law of God? Yep, okay, well, you deserve the same thing. See, we, are, there, are there different levels of sin? Uh, you know, people say, well, there's no different level. Well, th- as far as being righteous, no. As far as the impact, oh, yeah, there are. Doing something real small is a lot different than, than there. There are definitely impacts. That's why we have different uh, penalties in our, in our legal system. Um, that, that's, yeah, there, there are ramifications. There's seriousness of, of the intent and everything. There are. But as far as being guilty and what we deserve, you're either perfect or you're not. And we're not. So we deserve hell. We deserve punishment. Without Jesus, that's what we would all get. So the whole, the, the law is just to be taken as a whole. Verse 12 says, So speak and do as though who will be judged by the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It says judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, which is the same as what we said, you will be judged the way you judge. If we show no mercy, then that's what we get. Well, yeah, but, but that, you're writing the sentence for you. How, how do we want to be judged? Mercifully? Because we set up, we're going to get what we, we, when we work with God on this earth, we're not talking about whether you go to heaven or hell or not. We're talking about dealing with judgment here. What we sow, we're going to reap. So we're setting up what we're going to partake of. What do we want to sow? We want to be judged fully, get the book thrown at us, or do we just want to sow mercy and let God be the judge? Again, if we need to deal with the situation we deal with, we're talking about things where even in that, even in dealing with situations, we can still be on the side of mercy. And then that's what we're sowing. And then it says... Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But if you've shown mercy, then we get mercy. It says mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is an aspect of love. Mercy, when somebody gets something that they don't deserve. Believing the best. Don't know, not going to go there, not going to judge you. I'm just going to believe the best. I'm showing mercy. That's, that triumphs over judgment. In other words, always going around, people should get what they deserve. Well, then, we should get what we deserve. Bitter pill. Well, we'll just stay over on the mercy side, over on the love side, over here. Well, yeah, looks pretty bad, but you know what? God sees everything. I'm going to leave that to Him. Oh, we just stay 
I'm going I'm to sow mercy for you. I'm going to sow love to you. I'm going to sow mercy. We're staying right there when we need mercy. Guess what we can believe God for? Mercy. God, I just, I cry, I, I, I'm crying out for your mercy. I need mercy. We all need mercy. We've all needed mercy, probably needed mercy today. Well, you're disarming the devil when you sow mercy. Because, you know, if you're sowing judgment, then you need mercies like, yeah, right, like you just gave the other person. He can bring that back when you're like, man, I, I've, I've been merciful, I've been gracious. You need mercy, you can call out to God. And I need, I need your mercy. He just took a weapon away. God's way is always the right way. Love always works. Love never fails. It's always right. Always. Every situation. 